and welcome to New Age Raid, a podcast about spirituality in the modern age. My name is Brody, and I'll be your host. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to post this interview that I did with Samboni Funk. Um, he's just a very great astrologer, and I, I really enjoyed our conversation um, talking about a bunch of different aspects of astrology, but also he just had some great answers to my kind of weird questions about uh, reality and what spiritual lessons he thought he could teach um, that would be super valuable to everybody. And he knocked it out of the park. He's um, I'm always really excited to get to talk to people like, like this who have such great ideas and these varied histories and um, learning about him and his music, his astrology practice was, was a treat. So I, I hope you enjoy the conversation. Um, he'll be speaking at Fresh Voices in Astrology this coming weekend. So that's tomorrow and the day after. And you can register for that at freshvoicesinastrology.com. And you can see Zamboni's stuff at his Instagram, also via his Patreon. So without much further ado, uh, let's get to the interview. All right, welcome to New Age Raid. I am here with Zamboni, right? And then... Do you have a last name to throw out there or is it just Zamboni that you go by? Uh, Zamboni Funk. Zamboni Funk. Okay. Because that's what I saw your Instagram handle was. So mm-hmm. I was, because um, that's mainly where you're active is Instagram, right? Yeah. Instagram is where I spend most of, is, that's, that's where like people can find me for the most part. Okay. And then uh, Zamboni is a fellow astrologer, much more experienced than I am. How long have you been doing astrology for? Uh, I've been doing astrology professionally for like two and a half years now and have been, you know, an enthusiast for a while before that. Okay. And then, yeah. So how long do you, how long would you say you've been studying it? Studying, studying seriously since, uh, I guess 2016. Um, you know, that's when I was really like looking at, that's when I picked up my first book and was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to learn this craft. Okay. Nice. Um, and And would you say, uh, you, what section of astrology would you say that you practice more like modern or Hellenistic or? Sure. So, um, so my teachers lean Hellenistic and traditional in what they do. Um, I wouldn't call myself a Hellenistic astrologer. Um, I have, you know, I, I use things that are not Hellenistic techniques and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of what I do is actually medieval. It's more medieval than it is like Hellenistic, but that's still considered traditional, you know, it depends on what you, what, uh, your like time periods are concerned. Uh, but I, but I don't use like modern rulerships. So like, um, I consider that like Mars rules Scorpio, for example. Um, so yeah. that seems so, to be the sticking point for a lot of people. They're just like, I don't dismiss modern astrology entirely, but I don't think the outer planets rule things. And that seems to be the main sticking point. And I kind of feel the same. Um, so I've kind of lately been doing this thing in every one of these interviews, I end up asking this really difficult question, <laughs> which is, uh, what's reality anyway? So, <laughs> um, it's naturally difficult to a- answer, but I like to see people try and, and spitball. So what do you think is going on here? What do you think <laughs> as far as life universe and everything is concerned, what do you think is happening? Yeah, what is happening? Uh, well, yeah, that's a that's a very big question. Um, uh, so, 
So the the short answer is a lot is happening. If that's right? true. <laughs> it's uh, it's really big. It's really the a lot is going on. So um, you know, there's um, I am a proponent of so like I'm a proponent of the idea that um, what you think is happening is happening, right? Um, yeah. So this is um, you know this is to like a. Uh, so I have a history in um, Chinese medicine. I studied Chinese medicine for a little while and I used oh, to run awesome. a clinic, um, a, a, like a, an acupuncture clinic. Um, I never treated patients, um, but, I, but I like ran the clinic, I managed the clinic. Um, and so, and spent a lot of time doing Chinese medicine and stuff. And one of my favorite things about Chinese medicine is that um, it, it relies heavily on your sensory experience, like how you feel in the world um, is a major diagnostic tool. Um, this is, uh, con contrasted with like Western biomedicine, um, or allopathic medicine, um, mm -hmm. which sort of like tells you that your senses are lying to you, um, that your senses are not, uh, true. And yeah. so like the way that you feel is not actually what's going on. And, um, and so I sort of dismiss this idea. I don't think that that's what's going on. I think that if you feel it going on, or if you see it going on, or if you, um, think it's happening, then it's probably happening. Yeah. Well, no, and that's, that seems come up a lot for me for, for several reasons. Um, just, uh, I think that's kind of the biggest trip that I've had in, in kind of my recent departure from um, a more fundamental Christian worldview where everything was kind of laid out, but then coming to this realm, this area of thought where it's like, well, thoughts are causative, right? Thoughts are um, that, um, they're just a part as they're just as much a part of the world as um, things that we think are real and physical are. Um, I, I think it's that whole Cartesian thing where we're like, well, thoughts and imaginations, those aren't real, but the, you know, physical and though that's what's re what reality is. And it's this much wider definition of what reality means. And I, it's much more fun that way. <laughs> I feel like for sure. Oh yeah, really. It's way more um, fun. And so that's interesting about um, Chinese medicine. I didn't know that about, uh, about you because um, I think yeah, for a while I was so I'm an, I'm an herbalist as well and like went to herb school and spent some time uh, learning how to how to identify plants and um, and how to treat people's ailments with plants and stuff like that um, so for a while I had thought that medicine was going to be my path I thought that medicine was going to be like what I did and so I looked at uh, plenty of like alternative medicine uh, systems and um, Chinese medicine worked really well with me it, like um, vibe really well with who I am and the kind of philosophy that I have and so I spent a, a fair amount of time doing that and thought for a while that I was going to be an acupuncturist. Nice that that kind of reminds me because one of the one of the biggest things that led me towards magic and alternative spirituality and, and all this this whole realm um, there was this story of there's this Chinese woman and I know NPR and This American Life did a whole story on it that I guess because of the way things work in China, when you go into a doctor for an appointment, um, they give the diagnosis to the family member that comes with you, not to the patient. And so they essentially told her, her sister that went in with her, she has lung cancer and she has six months to live. And the sister decided, I'm not gonna tell her that she has lung cancer. They told the whole family, um, but not her personally. And they and then she's been alive for six years. She's still alive today. Um, and I think it's this really fascinating story of just like um, how much our mind affects our body. Um, and 
and that whole like I thought about the placebo effect kind of critically and I was like that's magic like if you can trick your brain into healing your like into healing the body that's some crazy stuff so I, I think I've heard um, not a lot from other Chinese traditional medicine practitioners um, they've come up and, and things that I listen to and it seems to be like it's something that like legit really works if you <laughs> if you apply it right so so yeah I am um, that's interesting so I saw that you got selected for, um, is it Fresh Voices in Astrology, right? On, yeah. on planetary remediation, which is this, um, it's this very, I like it as a subject because it makes me feel empowered. Um, sure. I've, I've got a Libra rising. So all of this nonsense going on right now is hitting me super hard. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's my fourth house of home and family has the triple thread in it, squaring Mars in the seventh, and then that Mercury T-square going on. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things that I'm kind of glad that I had some remediation, planetary prayer, and those kind of things going on. Because I'm mm -hmm. like, how much worse would it be if I wasn't doing these things? I even um, had this quite literal... Um, manifestation of mercury square mars because i i've had a tire that's been slowly losing air for like months and then i finally took it in because it was losing air quite quickly um quicker than i could pump it up and the mechanic tells me that there's a there's a nail in my tire and i'm just like i've been driving around with a nail in my tire for months and i was like i can't think of something more literally mars square mercury than a piece of iron trying to take away my ability to travel. <laughs> and yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, and so what, um, not to give away your talk or anything, um, but what kind of things do you think are effective as far as like planetary remediation is concerned? Sure, yeah, so, well, so I, I like what you said before about um, like it helps you to feel empowered, yeah. right? Um, that's really good. One of, one of the things that uh, we kind of run into with astrology a lot of times is it's very, uh, it's good with the diagnostic and then it's like, all right, so you're fucked. Good luck. You know? <laughs> and so uh, that's, and it's a bummer to, to like deliver that in a reading or something like that, you know, um, yeah. or to see that coming. And so um, it can be really good to um, have some tools to, um, to go about, you know, um, trying to make things a little easier for yourself or uh, do a little, you know, um, yeah, just do a little something to, to make it a little better. So, um, you know, there are a lot of things that you can do. Um, you can, uh, you know, you can fast on your planetary day, for example. <clears throat> so if Saturn is giving you trouble, then maybe you can fast on Saturdays um, or on Tuesday nights if you, if you want to do that, if you want to do days and nights. And, you know, you can use sect involved in, in deciding what you want to do here, you know, yeah. um, all these kinds of things. But um, so you can, so fasting is one, one of the really good ones um, that I like a lot. I like that a lot, especially with Saturn, because um, Saturn's whole thing is like not nourishing yourself or yeah. saying no to stuff or um, losing weight or uh, bland, you know, it, Saturn doesn't like it when you get into the like uh, sensual delight of life, right? Oh, like yeah. um, eating delicious things is like not Saturn's vibe. And so, um, so if you want to get into Saturn and, and you want to give Saturn somewhere to go in your life, then uh, fasting can be a really good way to, to do that. 
Yeah, and I'd, I'd heard of fasting as like a remediation thing, but that tie into Saturn is just quite appropriate. It's just like, man, he's he's really a party pooper, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I just had a, um, so I have uh, the moon in Aquarius. Oh, and so I, I've, I've, I've talked about this with several people. I'm like, it's such a weird thing because I have it in Aquarius too. And oh, just sure. about every astrologer I meet has it in Aquarius really? and I like I've seen a noticeable trend because I'm more active on Twitter and there's just a noticeable trend of Aquarius moons are everywhere and I'm like what is it about them and I have my own theory um but but yeah continue go ahead <laughs> sure well so I have the moon in Aquarius and it's a it's a zero Aquarius and so um Saturn came and transited my moon earlier this year oh yeah and um and then at the same time uh Mars was there as well so um so it was like really uh, concerned about that and um so i did a bunch of <clears throat> excuse me i did a bunch of uh remediation uh like magic for it um so come to the talk to figure out what i did exactly yes. <laughs> but what i didn't um what i didn't mean to do but ended up happening anyway was um i was really i got really interested in my health and um so i started uh i started fasting um i started doing long fasts you know i started doing 24 uh, 48, 72 hour fasts and stuff while Saturn was on my moon. So the moon has to do with like the way that you nurture your body and the way that you take care of yourself. And Saturn is like, don't. And yeah. so, uh, you know, dirt, and that was completely spontaneous. I didn't mean to time it for that. But um, when Saturn came and transited my moon, I was like, what would happen if I just didn't eat for three days? Yeah. And uh, I, th I think that that is like so perfectly Saturn on the moon. Yeah, no, that's crazy because that's kind of a weird sync for me too. Well, I think a lot of people kind of in our circles have been doing fast, but I, I'm in a sixth house perfection year and that's Mars rules. So Mars, well, I have a Pisces sixth house, but there was that time early in the year when Mars was moving through there, but also it's just a sixth house year in general. So I started doing intermittent fasting um, mm -hmm. because I thought, I was just like, well, that energy that's coming has to be used somehow, right? It's in that house of health. I can either use it getting sick or I can use it trying to be healthier. Um, so I've made some modifications to my diet, not like a ton, but also fasting um, every day, like on a 16 hour fast, eight, eight hours eating, but also with like longer fasts. <laughs> um, I think I've only gone up to two days because man, I just get after two, two days, the temptations get really intense just to eat something. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I, because uh, I've, I, it's funny that you bring up fast when it's been something I've been uh, experimenting with myself for like a, since the year started really. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that, uh, what I was going to ask next is um, kind of a more general question about like what attracted you to astrology to begin with? Uh, well, sure. To, to begin with, so I used to just like read horoscopes or whatever and like thought it was cute. Um, and <laughs> the girls I liked were also into it. And so I was like, yeah, let's, let's check it out. Let's see what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I found that it was, so I had, I had a girlfriend, um, when I first sort of became an enthusiast, like not just a regular reader of horoscopes, like whatever, but it was like, I like to, I read this horoscope regularly and that sort of stuff. And when, at this phase in my um, astrological uh, interest, um, I had a girlfriend at that time who um, was also reading these horoscopes with me. 
And um, so she, so she and I had very different horoscopes and um, she could see things going well for me and being rough for her um, at that time. I don't, I don't even know what was going on in the sky at that time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't well educated enough to like really understand what was happening, but I do know that things went uh, well in my horoscopes and uh, were rough in hers and she would be really grumpy about that and then we could sort of see these things happening and I was like okay this is like there's there's something here to this right um, and so then I just kind of got a little more and a little more into it I, I sort of like liked the idea of having a way to uh, conceive of the world and mm -hmm. the workings of the universe um, in a in a cohesive map you know, like uh, a way to a way to understand things um, was I was sorely needed because I was at a I was at a moment um, with that um, in that moment where I didn't have a lot of spirituality. I came from a very spiritual place. I um, I was a strongly church going youth, and um, I was like the most Christian little boy you've you've ever met in your life. Yes, I was telling those middle schoolers about Jesus. Like <laughs> I was I was insufferable. Um, and, but I, I really loved Jesus so much in my heart, you know, and I was a singer and I was singing in the church choir and everything. And I was like really finding God in that place. And then um, at some point later, you know, at the end of high school, um, I stopped really believing in Christianity that yeah. way. And so um, and then went several years without having um, a godlike or a spiritual kind of figure in my life. Um, so I was like atheist or agnostic or something was just like kind of confused didn't know what was going on didn't have but definitely felt the vacuum, you know, mm -hmm. like wanted there to be some kind of spiritual situation because it was so true to who I have always been, mm -hmm. but didn't really have something. And then um, so to, to have in astrology a system that through which I could understand um, the workings of the universe and it's got it's kind of polytheistic and there's like this um the the, the planets are very personable they're characters you know and so um it was just something that i could really vibe with and could get along with really well there's a lot of good stories uh i really am a sucker for a parable yeah <laughs> I, I love telling stories to like uh illustrate a point and astrology is full of that shit yeah um and so and the other thing is that um i consider myself a wordsmith like I come from a, a long line of people who play with words and who like uh, you know play with this word because it means you know this thing but it also means the other thing and that yeah. sort of stuff um, and astrology you know astrology is kind of an elaborate set of mad lips it is <laughs> you know um, you know the, the you just like kind of plug in your your planets and signs and you know, you, that's how the cookbook scenario works. You know, you've got like Mars is your action oriented planet and you put that into, uh, I don't know, give me a sign, uh, cancer. Taurus. Taurus, <laughs> sure. You put it, so we got Mars and that's action oriented and then we got Taurus and so it's like stable and fixed earth and stuff. And then, you know, so Mars, your action oriented stuff is seen through the lens of stability and sensual delight and pleasure and stuff like that. And so it's, you know, it's really just like a, a game of Mad Libs, which is uh, one of my favorite games. I love that shit. Yeah. No, I definitely, yeah, I, uh, I'm i like vibing with everything you're saying, even though I hate it when I use the word vibe because I feel like it has weird new agey tones. Um, but like, I kind of have a similar history in that, you know, I was Mormon and LDS for 25 years, you know, from birth until 
um, you know, things happened. Um, <laughs> and I was super into it too. Like when I was Mormon, I was, I went full bore into it. You know, I, I served a mission and I told people how to live their lives for two years in Brazil, which now I look back on, and I'm just like, oh, I was such a terrible person, <laughs> like telling a different culture how to do their thing, right? Um, well, and so I still have memories of that, that I really value of like being exposed to a different culture. But like, yeah, I was that same kind of I, I must have been insufferable too. Um, I had a, <laughs> I had a pretty quick turnaround because this is all like fairly recent for me, right? I um, oddly enough, my zodiacal releasing kind of really shows the timing of it almost exactly when um, when it started. It kind of freaked me out. Um, but like I told my wife, I was, um, I probably had been um, waning in my faith for years by the time I admitted to my wife, like I don't believe this anymore. Um, and for Mormons, it's this really kind of like um, threatening, scary thing because, you know, you could, she could have divorced me if she wanted to be like really fundamental, like into it. And then I could have lost my kids and my parents could have disowned me, all kinds of things. So that was a really make or break moment where I was like, okay, um, I don't believe this anymore. But I, and I had an agnostic period too, um, where I was like, I've had enough religious spiritual experiences and it's a big enough part of me that I don't want to just like, you know, kick God out the door and say he doesn't exist. Um, there was enough there that I'm like, well, something's going on. And then I started getting into meditation and that was the gateway drug. Right. Um, but no, that's what I like about, um, I'm probably not as much as a wordsmith as you there are, but I do know so many astrologers who are like just so good with, I think analogy is one of the best ways to, describe what's going on. Um, I think people like Austin Kopic are in particular like super great at it, um, where they just come up with these wacky zany analogies that describe perfectly what's going on in the skies and then how it affects our lives. Um, so yeah, no, that's, I, no, I love everything you said. <laughs> that's basically what I'm getting to. I was like, I feel um, quite the same way. Um, so that leads me to uh, my next question. We've Lately, and this is probably just a desire on my part to stop talking about 2020 because it's just exhausting, uh, the astrology really? of it. Really, yeah, truly. It's so it's, tired. It's, yeah, nasty. And it's not going to stop until December. So I was just like, have you taken a look at the astrology of 2021 yet? And what do you think about it? I know it's not much better, but I want to say it's going to be better for us cardinal people. <laughs> Oh yeah, things get way better for cardinal people. Um, cardinal people have had it rough for a while. It's been so Saturn has been in Capricorn since December of 2017, and um, so that was already going to start. Like if if you have things on cardinal axes, then like that's going to be uh, rough and challenging to that. Um, so cardinal people have been sort of dealing with that, and not just Saturn, right? It hasn't just been Saturn. It's been Saturn. It's been Pluto. It's been the South Node as well, uh, which means that the North Node is in uh, Cancer, and so we're just like really on this like Cap Cancer Capricorn axis, but then also Aries and Libra are getting that square as well. So um, for a long time, for a year and a half, for two and a half years. Um, it's been like this, like super rough on cardinal people. Um, that cardinal emphasis is definitely going away. Um, we've already seen the nodes leave uh, Cancer and Capricorn. So we just had our last um, set of eclipses 
in Cancer and Capricorn, and we had our first uh, eclipse in, uh, what was that? That was in Sagittarius, right? It was a full moon in Sagittarius. And so, um, so we're going to start having eclipses in uh, Gemini and Sagittarius now. So that's going to, that, that's going to put the emphasis on mutable stuff rather than on cardinal stuff, right? And then Saturn is going to finally get out of Capricorn. Everyone who has Saturn in Capricorn is going to breathe a sigh of relief. Yes. <sighs> Finally, it is time. I don't have to have all this bullshit Saturn up in my piece right now. Um, Saturn in Aquarius, folks, it's your turn, right? Um, but so that's going to put a little bit of emphasis onto the fixed signs, right? And then, so most of the drama um, of next year is going to be happening in fixed signs. So we, you know, um, part of the major drama that's going to be happening here is we've got, um, so Saturn and Jupiter, which are currently... Capricorn are both going to move into Aquarius um, at around the same time. And so we're going to have Saturn and, and Jupiter in Aquarius, and that is going to be square to uh, Uranus and Taurus. Yep. <laughs> and so that's going to be one of the major uh, scenarios from the whole uh, for, for 2021 is like looking at what's going on between these three and this square, especially Saturn and Uranus. Saturn and Uranus are, um, they are, in many ways opposed. Their, their significations are in many ways opposed, um, especially Saturn and Aquarius. Saturn and Aquarius is a uh, fixed Saturn, right? So if Saturn could be more stubborn, could be like more still and doesn't want to move even more than Saturn and Capricorn, it's Saturn and Aquarius because yeah. Aquarius <laughs> is a fixed sign, right? And so, um, and then Uranus from Taurus. So Taurus is also a fixed sign. So Taurus is already uncomfortable and has been uncomfortable for a couple of years here, right? So if you have like uh, strong Taurus placements, especially in the first 10 degrees of Taurus or so, then that has been blowing up for you recently. Things have been like, uh, you know, uh, breakups, breakdowns, breakthroughs, right? Yeah. Things have been breaking, changing. You've found, um, found it impossible to repress the things that you've been trying to like sort of stuff down and, and make into the status quo or whatever like Uranus is very much like I have to be out here and do the thing that I want to do right and so this kind of energy square or uh, tense with Saturn energy um, and Saturn sort of wants to buckle down and like um, you know Saturn Saturn in Aquarius that's pretty like law and order you yeah. know what I mean um, Saturn Saturn prefers uh, traditional means most of the time um, and prefers like Saturn Saturn can be kind of uh, mm, I guess a nice way to say it would be like a curmudgeon yeah right um, Saturn is grumpy right and doesn't doesn't like uh, Saturn is old and grumpy and doesn't like to try new things or do new things you know old dog new tricks kind of stuff right um, Uranus is the new tricks and um, is going to kind of like shove some new tricks down Saturn's throat so there's going to be some beef around that so that's like one of the major uh, scenarios for 2021. So for people who um, have cardinal stuff in their birth charts, you know, like you have Libra rising, for example, yeah. then Libra doesn't have to worry about that stuff. Libra is going to be like, you know, like Libra can't really see Taurus. And so that's not really a problem. Libra is, um, uh, it, it's off axis. That's called aversion, right? Yeah, yeah. So they, can't, they don't make a, um, a major... Uh, Ptolemaic aspect, right? Libra and Taurus don't make a major Ptolemaic aspect. And so therefore cannot see each other. It's like a blind spot. And so Libra kind of gets to dodge whatever is going on in Taurus. And so if there's drama happening in Taurus, then Libra doesn't have to worry about that as much. Um, 
Perfect. I mean, that's the, that's, I mean, I'd kind of taken a cursory look at it and that's what I was, I think what I was really looking forward to is I think it's not next year. I think it's 2022. Jupiter finally goes into Pisces. And I was just like, finally, Jupiter's where he belongs. Um, okay, well, so Jupiter is going gonna, is gonna to do a toe dip next year. Yeah. Um, and I think it's late May or it might be into June. Um, it then, seems like he moves so quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, and it's, it's actually a little bit annoying. Um, you know, so I, I do a lot of electional astrology. And yeah. so I like really want to, uh, so what I do for clients and what I do for myself. Um, and like, a, I have a, I have a Patreon. Um, and so um, there, one of the, one of the tiers on my Patreon is you get a, a document full of um, like the, the, the full month. And so I elect something every day for the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I, you know, I'll give uh, like warnings and be like, you, you maybe don't want to use this day, but like, if you have to, if you're pressed, then use this time because this time is going to be able to like dodge some of the, some of the more, more scary stuff. Right. Um, so, so I do a lot of electional astrology. And so I've looked at this uh, Jupiter and I'm really excited about Jupiter. Right. So Jupiter is going to go all the way through Aquarius super quick in about five months. And then it's going to get into Pisces and it's only going to get about two degrees deep into Pisces oh, and then it's going to retrograde and then come back and then spend a bunch of time in Aquarius as well. So there's like a moment there where there's some good Jupiter to like try and get in and grab, but then it comes back out and then it's going to, so it's going to do the same thing in 2022. It's going to like get up and then get to Pisces and then speed right through Pisces. Yeah. And so, um, so that's a little bit rough for the electional stuff. It's just going to like, it's going to go super quick, but um yeah, but yeah I, there's a moment next year where we get some Jupiter and Pisces, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. I, yeah, I'd seen it, and I saw it was in 2021, and then in my head, I was just like, but Jupiter takes like a year to get through stuff. So I was just like, how is he going to be in Pisces that quick? But I guess he can move quicker than you think he can sometimes. Um, yeah, something like that. You know, there's a, there's a retrograde that has to happen, you know. Um, Jupiter and Saturn, everything um, further out from Mars is going to spend like a third to half of the time retrograde. Right. So it's going to like go forward and then it's going to come back for a great uh, ways, you know, like um, so Jupiter in Capricorn this year got up to like, I think it was like 26 degrees of Capricorn or something like that yeah. um, before turning around and then coming back. And Jupiter is going to make it all the way back to, I think, 14 degrees of Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, that, so that's that's a long distance um, that Jupiter is going to make it. And so that's part of the reason why Jupiter spends so long in the sign, not because Jupiter can't get through a sign, but because Jupiter has to turn around and come back. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, no, that's great. You brought up a lot of, it's, it's just kind of fascinating. I feel like, um, going back to the Uranus and Taurus squaring Saturn stuff, I feel like we're already getting some themes. Well, I think Saturn's taking a big spot on the stage of like the overwhelming, like, a kind of oppression of authority that's happening right now um Mm -hmm. and and i'm curious as to see when you have uranus you're you know prometheus stealing the fire from the gods going toe to toe with with saturn for um well that's the thing is is uranus is quite slow so i feel like those squares are going to be an energy that square is going to be an energy that's going to be there for a long time um and just i we can already see the protests happening when that aspect isn't fully in swing yet. So it makes me wonder um, <laughs> what's going to be happening on a world stage. But I'm just like, I'm glad it's out of my big angular houses. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, some people have like 13 degrees of Aquarius or Taurus rising, you know, okay. and that's where this, the exact square is going to happen next year is at 13 degrees. And so, um, you know, that's like some people have that yeah. and have that rising or have the moon there or something like that. You know what I mean? And so for people who have uh, a cardinal sign rising, it has felt so crazy and shitty for the last, um, you know, three years or whatever. And then so now to let somebody else to pass that baton, let yeah. somebody else deal with that, like, it's great. Please. Yeah, I've, I've, I've felt that. Yeah, because I'm going through like, obviously, I have that energy in my chart. I have a pile up of planets in Capricorn. I think there's um, five. Um, and then I've got, um, but I'm also at seven return time for me. So it's just, it's just double oppression. I mean, it's been, I feel like I've made a lot of breakthroughs, but also, woof. <laughs> I'm going to be done. Um, so that, my next question was, um, I kind of, this is a thing I kind of do now, is just throw cards before I do these interviews, just to kind of like see as, if anything comes up. One of the things that came up was I got the Emperor card um, in, I did a three, three deck, and the Emperor card, I was just like, well, I associate him with kind of Saturnian things, structure and challenge, but also a lot of raw force. Um, um, and so I was, the question that occurred to me when I saw that card is just like, how do you think astrology can help us overcome obstacles and challenges? Obviously, we talked about remediation a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you think astrology in general can help us overcome challenges and, and obstacles? Yeah, so there are, there are three main ways that I see astrology as being helpful. Um, we mentioned planetary remediation, so we can start there. Um, when you have things that are in your chart that are rough, um, then you can work through those things. You can, you can diagnose those things and then you can work with uh, planetary god forms or, uh, or fixed star god forms as well. And, um, you know, work with them, get, build a relationship with them and, and in so doing, improve your life. Um, the other, so uh, a more general way that you can sort of um, work with astrology effectively is to just know what the landscape is, yeah. right? So um, you can sort of try to figure out what it is that you're going to do with your life in order, like right now, based on what is going on in the heavens. So uh, as an example, so this year we had um, Venus retrograde in Gemini for, yeah. for two months. And that was kind of like sandwiched in the middle of a bunch of Saturn stuff, right? So we had Saturn, Mars and moving into Aquarius and that was big and that was a COVID crisis and, and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. And then uh, three months later in the middle of that, then we had Venus retrograde in Gemini, not really related to the Aquarius stuff, a whole different set of things. Then um, in the second half of 2020, then we're getting into more of this Saturn, Mars, Vfin kind of situation, right? And so, um, so having this in my head, I was, um, and one of the things that I was like really dealing with with clients during that time is like, okay, Venus retrograde, this is a time to figure out what you want. This is a time to really dig into your desire. This is what's already on offer, right? The stars are already offering this to you. So if you spend this time figuring out what it is that you really want, how you really want to be in the world and move through the world, then when things get hectic and when things turn into Mars, Saturn tension and fights and like all that sort of stuff, then you will have, um, if you've already done your Venus work, your desire work in order to figure out what it is that you really want, 
there's um, like Hunger Games going on in the second half of the uh, year, yeah. but you sort of use that tension to, uh, to sort of propel you toward the thing that now you know you want to do, right? Because you did that desire work. So that's sort of like, I have an understanding of what the landscape is, what the, what the timeline is going to look like. And so I can optimize my own doing as a result of like just knowing what the terrain looks like, you know, use it as a map. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Cause I think about it in terms of like, obviously the stuff I'm going through now, I think someone on Twitter um, asked this question. It's just like, if you and three friends with the same rising sign could bring one thing into the bunker to wait out the Mars retrograde, what would you bring? And my answer was like, well, meditation bells and a map. Cause like, we're going to need some real cool heads. We've got Mars and, you know, I'm, I'm seeing it with my kids, just being tense with my kids and they're being extra, they're just being extra. Right. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of that tension in my household and just like, I need to have a space where I can be alone and just cool down for a second. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's going to be vital for the next six months for me, period. Um, sure. uh, and so I, I kind of love that it's, it, knowing that landscape, I think that's a very Capricorn thing. That's kind of what Capricorn's about is like knowing what reality is, what the landscape is, um, and, and then adapting to it to succeed. That's at least that's the vibe I get from Capricorn, right? Um, is, mm-hmm. is super handy. Um, did you have something else you wanted to add? Yeah. Well, so, so I made it through two. Um, right. and, and so, uh, the third one that, that I use all the time is electional astrology. I mentioned it before, but sort of choosing a particularly auspicious moment to launch your thing. Um, you know, so like, 2020 sucks. Um, there's like bullshit on all sides, right? But that doesn't mean that I'm not out here trying to make moves. I'm not out here trying to like launch my business and get rich and like get clients and not, and do get famous or like whatever it is that I want to do, right? Yeah. Um, like I'm still trying to do these things and uh, this is whether or not Saturn and Pluto are going to help me. So I use electional astrology to find a particularly auspicious moment when Um, some of the more difficult things are kind of out of the way a little bit and I get to focus on some of the the stronger stuff that's going on you know like so the sun is in Leo right now and the sun in Leo is a super helpful influence for someone who is uh, you know so Leo is we mentioned a version before right it's a blind spot so Leo can't see Capricorn Mm -hmm. so the Capricorn stuff can't harm the sun in Leo and so oh, I hadn't heard that before. That's an interesting way to think about it. Well, I mean, not to think about it. That's just true. But yeah, no, I was just like, that's, I, I kind of felt the energy. Like when the sun went into Leo, I was just like, man, my Spotify playlist was popping. It was a good morning. I was just like, the sun's in Leo. I feel it. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. The sun in Leo is, a, is and so that, you know, uh, being able to use astrology to be like, okay, I know what times are coming and I can still launch my product or I can still do my thing, launch my website um, at a moment that is helpful and that helps to uh, generate the kind of outcome that I want. Yeah. Yeah. Electional astrology. I've always had a lot of respect for people who like, I figure eventually it's something I would get to, but I look at it and like, I hear you say like, Oh, I, I go every day and look at the electional potential for every day. And I'm like, that's a lot of work. (laughs) But but yeah, right. well, that's kind of why I do it, right? Is, a, is so I, I do it for people like you who, who may not have facility with that sort of craft, 
but might also still want to do things on time and to do, do things at an auspicious time in order to generate their best lives, right? Yeah. And so that's why I generate this document so that people can just be like, okay, uh, if I'm you know, a lot, on this day at this time, then I'd launch my thing and I just, just do it because, you know, because he said so. Yeah, no, that's yeah. perfect. Cause I, I, cause I know, especially it's kind of, it's very fun to watch um, electronic astrologers talk about charts and how you can like tweak a chart. Cause there's obviously so many variances between rising signs and where that lines up the houses and what it makes that chart good for. Cause I, I have a general like, well, the moon's going to be in Taurus and that's exalted. So that might be a good day for some stuff or, or I know where, where planets are feeling all right, but not to a point where I can like make a, the right rising with the right aspects and all that. It gets, it's like, I can look at it in someone's chart and be like, that's great, but <laughs> I can't make it up on the spot. So no, that's, I, that's super impressive. I, I'll have to, man, I'm like, I'm too poor for any of this stuff. But I'm like, I need to pay some astrologers for this kind of stuff for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, I find it to be a very valuable tool. Um, electional astrology has been one of the more valuable things that um, has really come out of astrology for me. Um, you know, when I first got into astrology, and I, so I was like a, a real student at this point, I was like, okay, I'm like, I, I'm studying seriously, I'm reading books, I'm listening to lectures, I'm like, actually trying to be an astrologer, I'm doing like little kid readings or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I, I realized that astrology was really good magic to know stuff by, right? Um, but I was like, but how do you do stuff with magic? You can probably do things with magic too, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I really like started to look into that. And then that's when I uh, got into electional astrology. And it was like, oh, you can actually use astrology to make things happen. You can use astro like astrology is a clock. Uh, astrology will tell you what time it is, right? And so, if the if the clock is saying oh successful things happen at this time then like if you start if you get in on that moment then like you get to get some of that juice you know yeah no it was funny because like i i at the time i hadn't learned enough astrology like when i started this podcast i think it was in january of this year and then i looked at the astrology of that time and i was like Oof, it's <laughs> generally not great this whole year but i'm like you still got to do stuff so i was like well Hopefully I didn't start it on like some doomed day, but even if I did, it's, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you got to do that a lot of times, you know, and I've even looked at my own elections, like look, looked back at elections that I did for things. And I was like, Oh, I elected that. <laughs> <laughs> but like you, you just because the astrology sucks doesn't mean that you don't have to do stuff. And sometimes, sometimes that's what the astrology will show you, yeah. you know, like if you, if you, um, like, I feel like Chris Brennan says this all the time is like that if you, uh, like just because Mercury is retrograde doesn't mean that you don't do stuff. And if you have to do it a second time or you get delayed or something like that, then it's probably like part of the process and you just have to do that. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so like, it's, it was funny. Cause I found like that story about the mechanic, right. I found out I had a nail in my tire, but mm -hmm. he didn't have the right tire. And so he's like, I would recommend that you call around. And like, I was just like, I have to go to bed in two hours, so I don't have time for that. So I'm like, I'm just gonna risk it. I'm just gonna like say prayers to Mercury and Mars, like, please don't fuck me over. <laughs> and and they didn't like I'd been driving with that tire for months and I was just like, Man, I think that's like good sign that Mars likes me at least a little bit. <laughs> um, um but but yeah, no, I um so more to yeah, that's great stuff. It's and I always enjoy talking um astrology with people who 
um, are well one much better at it than me, but also it's it's um, I see it as this cool language that lets us talk about things um, with new words, kind of um, new new tools to describe what's going on that make it a little bit um, I don't know. It's just fun to watch and talk uh, talk to other people about it. Um, but I wanted to pivot more towards um, spirituality since this is what this is this whole podcast is all about. Um, I feel like sometimes weird being like, well, magic is separate from spirituality, but I don't think it is. I think it's, um, it's how we interact with the world around us, unseen and seen, right? Um, so what, um, what would you say defines your spirituality right now? Hmm. Oh. If, that's too, if that's too big of a question, we can break it. What down. defines my spirituality right now? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I do. I have a, I have a strong planetary practice. You know, um, I really, I spend a lot of time working with uh, planetary god forms. Um, you know, speaking to them um, and and asking them for things, uh, especially when they're in good condition. You know, monitoring when they're in good condition and sort of like. Um, so, you know, when like Venus is in Taurus, for example, then I pray to Venus every Venus hour, you know what I mean? Like the, um, I, I treat it like Pokemon, gotta catch them all. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so Perfect. I, it's, a, it's a very annoying practice. It's, uh, it's very difficult. Cause like every seven hours you're like, you have to stop what you're doing and burn some incense and like chant and stuff. Um, but it's, but if you want that Venus in Taurus, then like, you know, now's the time to get it. Right. Um, and so, so I do that a lot. Um, I also have um, a regular ancestor practice. Um, you know, yeah. it's nothing fancy. It's not, you know, I just, you know, I offer the, the coffee and the incense every morning and a, and a prayer, you know, sometimes a song. Yeah, no, I just got into, I just started um, listening to the audiobook of Daniel Four's Ancestral Medicine. Sure. And it was, it was kind of insane. I started listening to it and I was like, this feels insanely right. Um, I kind of tend to be all over the place spiritually and magically. Um, I guess uh, you could ninth house, like Gemini ninth house kind of themes. I feel like I tend to just hop all over the place. Um, but yeah, no, I, I kind of had moments during my practice. I do a lot of, um, journey work. Um, and while studying astrology, I mean, just the planetary God forms just showed up. I mean, particularly Venus and, um, and Mars and Mercury, like they were just kind of, those were the things that were going on in my, in my mind at the time. And so when I did journey work, they also showed up and kind of helped me figure out things about my chart and, and other things. So, you know, that's, um, that's, I would expect an astrologer to have like planetary stuff involved with their spirituality. Um, so this one, I, I, sometimes I feel like I ask really hard questions, um, but I, I think it's, um, they're just fun to talk about to me because I'm, I'm a Sagittarius. So um, what do you feel like if you have a spiritual lesson to teach, what would it be? Like one spiritual lesson to teach, what would it be? Uh, ride the beat. Ride the beat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely, so, so I, I'm called Zamboni funk, right? Mm -hmm. uh, most folks call me Zamboni in my like day to day. Um, yeah. But uh, funk is a major uh, component of things for me and so so I'm a bass player um, when I originally moved to New York City then that was going to be like 
what I was going to do. I was going to be a bass player. I was going to be Erica Badu's bass player specifically. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> and so I, I had my eyes set on that. I ended up playing with Funkadelic and I played with, um, you know, like I, I played some, some big shows or whatever. Um, and so, so playing funk music um, is super important to me. And, the, and so to me, funk is the uh, cosmic slime from which the world is created or the universe is created. Um, it, it's like nasty, it smells bad, um, it's funky, it's like dirty. Um, there's something really raw and true and real about it. And I really like it a lot. And so what I do in my astrological practice is very much, so it's, it's very much like sort of map and walking the terrain um, as, you know, based on this map. But so a map is spatial, right? And so astrology is based on timing and it's based on rhythmic cycles of timing, right? And so I very much see it as akin to music as being rhythmic and like having a beat to it. And so the goal is to ride that beat. So if you know where the beat is going to be, you know that the beat is going to be over here, then put your booty over here, right? Because that's, so that's where you want to be. And that's where, and so then like working with that, if you can ride the beat properly, then like everything goes a little, a little easier. You're not swimming upstream. You're going with the flow of things, right? Yeah, no, that's beautiful. So, I mean, I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, I can't get, I can't believe I get to talk to people like this. <laughs> because um, it's such an interest like that's it's I had no idea about the base um before I mean I was I've been watching your astrology posts and I was just like that's I mean he's just great like I I have trouble with like daily transits and you do it so well um just like lining things out for the day and just saying like this is the feel for the day and I'm like I'll look at the transits and I'll be like I know the general theme is suck right now but as far as like the nitty-gritty daily details I'm like I don't know what to say so it's, it's, it's beautiful to watch, but like uh, listen to having you share that life experience with funk and how it matches with astrology. I'm like, I couldn't get this answer from anybody else, which is why I asked the question. Um, Cause I think uh, when, when I was trying to, uh, this whole podcast is an interesting journey for me. I'm not even sure where I'm going to take it, you know? Um, but I talked to Ulysses. I don't know if you know him. He was my first interview. Um, and he's a musician as well. And we, we had this discussion about um, collaboration, like he's in a band, right? So it's several people getting together to make something new. Um, but also how that happens just when people are talking. Um, but these ideas of like ride the beat, right? And I think a lot of us can see the astrology, especially right now, or just look at our lives and just be like, man, things really, really suck. <laughs> And, and get focused on that. But that's, um, if you view your life more as a, as a piece of music that has downbeats and upbeats and, um, you know, it transitions and you just realize this is that part of my life and I have to enjoy it for what it's good for, um, or just get out of the way of the bad stuff. Um, I feel like there's a lot of moments this year or Saturn return in general, where I'm just like, man, this is a good time to just remember for me personally. I'm just like, I'm just a consciousness in a body. And this is a movie I'm watching. Like <laughs> sometimes it, it, it helps just distance yourself from it. Cause it's just like, life is more than just like this incarnation. Life is more than, you know, this moment in time that kind of sucks right now. There's, there's going to be an upswing. Right. Um, but no, that's beautiful. I, I kind of want to, end it on that because <laughs> I, I feel like uh, 
that was a good summary. Yeah. So um, thank you for doing this interview with me. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug? Anything I can send my admittedly small viewership <laughs> towards um, patronizing your stuff um, where they can find you on social media and all that? Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, yeah. So you can find me on Instagram uh, at Zamboni Funk. Um, I, there I do daily um, astrology, uh, like what, whatever's going on in the heavens today. And I talk about that in a few sentences and I uh, illustrate it with uh, artwork that I found throughout the city in New York City. I'm, I live in New York City. Um, so uh, I do that there. I also do weekly uh, forecasts. Those are videos where I talk about, um, you know, what what's coming up for the week. And so um, I do those. Both of those are free. So just check it out on Instagram. Um, then I also have a Patreon. Um, that's where I do the electional stuff that we talked about earlier. Um, I also have an Astro Basics course there, and um, I teach uh, basic practical magic there as well. Um, so it's a lot. So the astrology sort of like tends toward electional um, because it's the, the whole uh, theme there is, um, is very much about like um, making astrology useful. And so making it intelligible and understandable and then useful. And so, um, so I teach astrology and um, how to use astrology as part of your practical enchantment. So, um, so that's patreon.com slash Zamboni Funk. Um, everything, if you, if you like Google Zamboni Funk or look, at, look for Zamboni Funk, like nobody else has this name. So um, <laughs> you can, you'll be able to find me that way. I was like, um, you have yeah, a those brand, are too many man. places where I am. Yeah. No, that's, that's perfect. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I, after having just followed you on Instagram for, you know, whenever I, I, whenever we, we got in touch, I was just like, man, I, I was wondering what the artwork was. I'm like, this seems like graffiti artwork somewhere. Um, but I was mm -hmm. just like, if you're pulling it from me, that's, that's cool. Um, yeah. I didn't make any of the artwork. All the artwork came from the streets. Yeah, I know. Some of it's like super cool. And I was just like, man, where's he getting this stuff? So it's good to know. Um, perfect. Yeah. So I will, um, yeah, so I highly recommend anyone who listens to this to, to, to check you out. I'm going to have to do it myself because um, uh, I'm, I'm always looking for more learning from other people. It's just, I'm just like, oh, I'm so poor. But like Patreon is a super cheap way to really support somebody um, and, and, and learn more. So I'm, 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 checked, I'm stoked to check that out. I knew about your, your Instagram stuff, but not about the Patreon stuff. So. Um, perfect. Well, we'll uh, go ahead and let you go. And, I'll... and that's the show. Um, once again, I appreciate Zamboni Funk for letting me interview him, ask him my weird questions. Um, but not only that, that he did such a great job answering. Um, his insights on, on astrology were awesome to listen to, as well as um, just that amazing life philosophy, right? The beat, right? Um, I'm, I'm really glad to have had the opportunity to talk with him. And once again, just as a reminder, as I said at the top of the show, if you want to support him, uh, just look for him on Instagram via Zamboni Funk. And as well as supporting him this weekend in the Fresh Voices in Astrology Conference and his Patreon. Um, he's just got a lot of cool resources that I think would be useful to spiritually inclined people as well as astrologers and magic related people and all sorts of things. Um, so with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up and I will talk to you later.